Good morning. Welcome to Clinton United Methodist Church. My name is Pastor Michael. I'm happy to see you all here on this spring morning. Ha, ha, ha. Mother Nature has a sense of humor. Um, and it is the Midwest. It's Michigan, I know. Um, it's the fifth Sunday in Lent. Um, and I'm going to apologize right now if I'm a little off. Uh, my sinuses, allergy, something is... Uh, doing quite a number on me today. If you've ever seen the end of the movie Total Recall with Arnold Schwarzenegger, that's about where I feel like my head is. So so I apologize if I mix anything up. But um, I'm going to throw it over to our liturgist, uh, who's going to tell you a bunch of fun stuff. So take it away, Nancy. Well, first... Um, You're not I, Nancy. Huh? You're not Nancy. Yeah, thank goodness. <laughs> she, it's me because no one else wants to be. <laughs> um, first of all, our first family dinner and fun night, um, I consider, was a big success. We had probably about 35 people, uh, mostly young families from the church. Um, it looked like everyone had a great time. We had also, you know... St- Quite a few of the older members of the church that were there and were, were taking part in socializing and playing with grandkids and and you know everyone was having fun playing cornhole and Yahtzee and shuffleboard and um, you know listening to Kelly tell her you know read her Easter story so I'm very pleased uh, we're going to hope to continue this we'll have the next one the end of April I don't have the date but we'll get that out. Um, and also, I would like to thank everyone for your prayers for my dog, Elvis. Uh, he had surgery for a growth under his tongue, and he had a couple of pretty rough days um, after the surgery. But he's eating, started eating again on Friday night, and he's pretty much back to normal. So appreciate all those prayers. And I'll go ahead and do my choir and, and bell choir thing. Um, on Palm Sunday, we are doing the palms, so anyone who's been in the choir or knows the song and would like to sing with us, you can just show up on Sunday morning and run through it with us and just come up when we sing it. You don't have to put a robe on or anything, just if you'd like to join us. Uh, We do have um, a very good uh, spiritual that we're doing on Easter Sunday, if you'd like to learn that. Um, And we're doing another good spiritual the Sunday after. So if you'd like to sing in any of those, just meet us Sunday morning before church and, and I think you can pick them up quick. And if you'd like me to send you links, YouTube links on them, you can listen to them at home. We can do that, too. Um, Bell Choir, we are going to be playing on Easter Sunday. So all of you that came last week, I really need you to keep coming. Um, I'm still hoping to start a kids' bell choir um, shortly after Easter. Um, I'm trying to, trying to get some music now uh, so we can get that started. I know there's some that are just elated to get going with that, and I can't wait to start going with that. And I think I'll stop there, so thank you. Now Rick has an announcement back here. I got two announcements. Uh, We're going to bump up a week the trustee meeting to this Tuesday at 10 o'clock for all the trustees to show up here at the church. 
And the second announcement is after two years, uh, we're probably going to discontinue the drive-in part of our service and turn off the transmitter. So if there's somebody that you know that is still showing up, we don't know of anybody showing up and listening to the parking lot, but if you know of somebody, let me know or get to Dottie or somebody on the ad board to get to me, but our last one will be next week if I don't hear from anybody that is still using the drive-through service part because we do need to clean up upstairs for an event later at the end of the month, so I either need to take it out or rearrange what we're doing. Did you have an announcement, Sheila? Yes, I have two announcements. Number one, we have a sign-up sheet. Easter morning, we're serving breakfast. However, we are asking people to bring stuff um, and also indicate how many of you will be here for breakfast. Um, even if you're not going to bring anything, just let us know. Sign up on the sheet. It'll be out there on the narthex. Also, for our quilt show at the end of April, if you have quilts at home, they don't have to be ones that you've made, but if you have quilts that are handmade that you'd like to uh, allow us to display, we'd love to have them. We need you to bring them in a pillowcase with um, your name on them, obviously, and a picture on the pillowcase of the quilt that's in it. Thank you. And I have an announcement from Phyllis Perry. There is four gallons of milk dated 4-8-22, plus added foods to the tables in the gym, and she'd like you to help yourself if you're interested. And another announcement is if somebody didn't get these in the back of the church, there's a lot of information and a lot of, it's a devotional, and it, there's quite a few left, so they're right back there by Sheila. And they're free. Okay. Yes. Okay. Hi, um, it's Autistic Awareness Month. You know what I do. I do Jasmine Voice for the, the Lenaway County. She gives um, iPads to the children that can't talk for themselves, and the iPads will talk for them. That's what she does. Um, if you know Jasmine, she was here a couple of times, but this year she can't make because her mom is watching her elderly mom, and she's got Jasmine, and we give her a lot of credit for that. Um, so I'd be doing them on the 24th. I make these for her. I don't know if you can see them. I make these. And if you want to do a donation, it'd be this, this month on the 24th, the last Sunday of the month. And I know you guys are wonderful. And she appreciates everything we do for her. She gives those beautiful iPads to the children. I will bring an iPad to show you. And um, Jake had used his over the years, and they really love him. And she's a great lady. So thank you very much. Okay. <clears throat> As you can see in your bulletin, Holy Week services, Maudie Thursday service will be at 7 p.m. on the 14th. Good Friday service will be at 7 p.m. at Stony Creek Church. And Easter Sunday, we will have sunrise contemporary service at 8.30 a.m. and breakfast at 9.30 a.m. and a traditional service at 11 a.m. Um, and the Swiss steak dinner was a big success. 
and they were able to bless 23 residents at Catherine Cobb, Safe House, and also folks from our food pantry with free meals. We're taking up donations for Ukraine, and the jar in the, as you come in the church is you can just drop your, if you want to donate to it, you can just drop it in there, and they are going to be sure to see that it gets to Ukraine. And we have a library out in the hallway, and there's a lot of books you can take, you can keep, you can read, you can bring your own back, or it's all free, so help yourself. And Amazon Smile and Bushes Rewards, just a reminder to set yourself up so your purchase credit to the church. Um, they're going to conduct our first church has left the building on May 22nd between 10 and 12 p.m. We're going to go out in the community to assist the seniors from, from our congregation. Pizza will be served after the church, after at the church, and as they get closer, they'll give you more information. And please join us after worship at the, at the coffee hour. Oh, and they do need somebody to help clean up the signs from the Swiss steak dinner, and it's just wiping them down and just making them clean for the next event. And there's a list of food pantry needs, which is a week from Thursday, and there's a list that Phyllis needs that we're running out of, I guess. No soup and no paper bags. Okay, and I think, I think that's about all. And there's this uh, upcoming events. There's a schedule of that, line dancing on Tuesday at 10 o'clock, and there's a trustee meeting at 10 o'clock. And then uh, April 6th is Bible study at 6 p.m., April 7th is Sewing Club, 10 to 12. Lenten Bible Study at 1 p.m. Ad Board Finance Meeting at 6 p.m. And Bell Choir at 6 p.m. April 8th, Sanctuary Choir at 4 p.m. And next Sunday is Noisy Coin Offering. I guess that's all. Stand and join me if you're able to, and with the call to worship. As 
As people formed by God, we give praise to God. Ground in the sea, rivers in the desert, Christ among us. God is doing a new thing. As people restored by God, we give praise to God. Dry ground in the sea, rivers in the desert, Christ among us. God is doing a new thing. As people pressing on in faith, we give praise to God. Dry ground in the sea, rivers in the desert, Christ among us, God is doing a new thing. Please join us in the first hymn, page 269 in your hymnals, Lord, who throughout these 40 days... Jesus speaks the words no one wanted to admit. He was not always going to be around. Oh, don't say that. 
So many of us have said to a loved one who speaks the truth about the fragility of life, perhaps we get uncomfortable because it reveals the precious nature of the present moment, lying bare the beauty and horror of it all. The indescribable pain we know we will one day face invades our senses like a pervasive perfume, inescapable. What if we stopped denying the limited nature of our lives and breathed in deeply the fragrance of vulnerability? Let us take a moment of silent reflection. Hear this compassionate word from Paul's letter to the Philippians. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his suffering by becoming like him in his death, if somehow I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Know that already God is offering us freedom from the need to avoid suffering at the cost of denying the fullness of life. We are invited into the knowledge that Christ's vulnerability in life, death, and resurrection shows us the sacred nature of the heights and depths of sorrow and joy in our own saga. And know that despite our sometimes faltering steps in the name of Jesus Christ, you are being forgiven even now. Glory to God. Amen. As it is written in Deuteronomy, since there will never cease to be some in need on the earth, I therefore command you, open your hand to the poor and needy neighbor. Through our tithes and offerings, we can give generously as Mary did and remember the poor. As we open wide our hands, we attend to Christ himself, who is present especially among those considered the least and the lost. Let us offer to God these gifts for ministry in Christ's name.
Please rise as you are able and join in our doxology. Abundant God, you cause water to flow in desert places. You give wine to flow at a wedding feast and food to feed 5,000 on a grassy mountainside. Your generosity astounds and humbles us. We bow before you in gratitude and awe, asking you to receive what we have brought in response. May these gifts be a pleasing and fragrant offering for the sake of the world you came to save. We pray in your holy name. Amen. If you would remain standing as you are able for our next hymn, number 277, Tell Me the Stories of Jesus. You may be seated. It is now time for our youth moment. I'd like to invite our youth and children to come grab a chair up front, and I'll meet you guys down there. Good morning, everybody. Are you guys awake? Are you sure it doesn't? Nobody had coffee this morning. So, 
what? Do you guys remember what I said next week was? Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday, that's right. And you know what comes after that? Easter, that's right. Well, Monday, Thursday, and then Good Friday, and then Easter, but yeah. So, I brought something fun today. Yeah. So, I got a question. What do you, how would you tell somebody about a bubble? How would you, what would you tell them about it? If you were to say this is what a bubble looks like or is or does, what would you say? Yes. Okay. What would you say? Ooh, like a clear pearl. Those are both really good descriptions. That you can pop. That's right. You can pop a bubble. Is it is it hard to pop a bubble? Do you have to use a lot of strength to pop a bubble? No. No, it's easy, right? So, we might describe a bubble as being fragile. You guys heard that word before? Yeah, fragile. Sometimes you see it on the side of a box that comes in the mail, maybe. Um, something fragile means that it can, it can break very easily. Um, yes. Or delicate like a butterfly's wings, absolutely. Can you think of other things that we might call fragile? Just a couple examples, yeah. Batteries? Okay. Yes. Glass cups, yes. TVs, absolutely. Especially if you were one of the people who got a Wii in the beginning before they had the straps on them. And Yes. Eggs, yes, eggs are fragile. Did you have something? No? Go ahead. Phones, oh yes, cell phones can be very fragile. Although one of the early cell phones made by Nokia... You could use that to, like, pound nails into stuff. Um, yes, go ahead. <laughs> Tablets can be fragile. That's right. Do you know what else is fragile? Us. Yeah. We're fragile. We are. Now, now we're not maybe as fragile as a bubble or, or glass or a phone or a tablet, but, but we're fragile, too. Um, and we're fragile both on the outside, because has anybody ever fallen and scraped their knee or their arm? Yeah? Okay. So, so we can get hurt, but we also can be fragile on the inside, too. If somebody says something mean to us um, or does something that's mean, it can hurt us, right? If you break a bone, that hurts a lot. Yeah? Yeah, that, that would hurt. So, so people can be fragile sometimes, okay? So, but when we think about, like, on our outside, there's stuff that, that people have created to help us keep our outsides safe. We have things like helmets and knee pads and elbow pads. If we're 
playing hockey or if we're riding our bikes. We have shoes for our feet. Yeah, if you, you need uh, the knee pad or shin pads for soccer. Okay, and, and there's, yeah, and there's car seats for when we're younger to keep us safe, and there's airbags in cars, yeah. Seatbelts, that right, there's, there's all these things to help us stay safe, um, to keep our, our outside part that's fragile safe, and even though that's stuff that, that somebody invented or came up with, I really believe that God helped us to create those things because sometimes as people, we're not, we're not always that smart. So I think God helps us to create those things to keep us safe. But how can we, how can we help protect the inside part of us that's fragile? What do you guys think? What could we do? That's right. We, cannot, we can stop not being mean to people. We can be helpful and gentle with people's feelings and emotions. And, you know, there are a lot of things that happen in life, a lot of things that are out of our control, things that we might get hurt, whether it's we, we trip and fall or an accident happens. But the things we can control is how we treat each other. And so if we can work really hard to be gentle and loving with the inside of each other, we can help protect that part that's fragile. What do you guys think? Is that something we can do? Maybe? No? I know it's hard if you're on the ice for hockey. I get it. Um, Okay, so we're going to do the Lord's Prayer later today during communion. Um, but what I want you guys to try and do today is find somebody. It can be your mom or your dad or your aunt or uncle or grandma or grandpa or just anybody in your life and tell them that you love them and you want to help protect their fragile inside, okay? Can you guys do that? Come on. You can try. I don't know. I know your mom. I think you're going to. All right. So, that's all I've got for you guys today. I want you to go grab a sucker. I think there are still maybe some of the whistle ones. Sorry. I'm really sorry, Linda. I know. I'll be honest, like, part of getting to do that, I feel kind of like what grandparents must feel like. I get the kids sugared up, and then I send them off to someone else. That's okay. My, my parents and my in-laws get me back. Don't worry. All right. Um, if you look in your bulletin, you can see our list of prayer requests. Uh, we are continuing to pray for Dave Johnson. Uh, uh, who was having some uh, stints put in after having some issues with his heart and some other health issues. We are very happy this morning to see Sue Hartag with us. Um, hoping that the chemo treatment's not, not too rough. 
Uh, we are continuing to pray for Matthew, um, Shar's cousin who has cancer behind his eyes, um, who needs healing prayers. Uh, Keith Hartung uh, was injured in a farming accident. We're coming to pray for him, healing prayers. Uh, continuing asking for prayers for Tom and Diana Durling. Continuing to pray uh, for Diana's sister, Anne, who had emergency surgery, um, but there is no cancer. We are very, very thankful for that. Uh, continue to pray for Diane's nephew, Tim, who's rehabbing from what are uh, looking like the effects of a stroke, possibly. Uh, we also want to lift up Katie Dorr. Uh, she's been fighting brain cancer for years, and uh, now it looks as though there are more tumors uh, forming in her brain. Uh, Katie Dorr. Um, and then uh, a neighbor of Sheila's, Mike, uh, and a friend of hers, he's in the hospital. He has pancreatic cancer and has also now been diagnosed with diverticulitis, which if you have that or know anyone who has that, that's not any fun either. And on top of cancer, that's just feels like one more kind of smack upside the head. Um, and of course, we are continuing our prayers for the people of the Ukraine as well as the people in Russia who stand against what their government is doing. Do we have any other joys or concerns we'd like to raise up this morning? We have our microphones we can bring to you. So we want to keep uh, Nick's girlfriend, what's her first name again? Lizzie. Uh, in our prayers, she was diagnosed with epilepsy recently after uh, suffering a seizure. Are you 21 finally? I am. All right. Do we, do we, do we make her play happy birthday to herself? That seems kind of cruel. Um, and it's Luann's birthday. She also just turned 21. 19, whatever. Do, do we have any others? To you, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Martha and Luann. Happy birthday to you. All right. If you would please join me in an attitude of prayer. God, our provider, out of your fullness, you cause life to spring up in barren landscapes. You have power to control troubled waters, making a path of safety. You hear our cries and receive our tears. You restore us to joy and laughter. You have done great things for us, O God, and are continually making all things new. We thank you, O God, you are making all things new. We thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, whose life and ministry has guided us through this Lenten season and guides us in every season of life. His suffering and death, or in his suffering and death, he knows full well the troubles and pains we face in this earthly life. In his resurrection is the hope of our own. Surrounded by your overflowing love, we know that we are not alone. 
We thank you, O God. You are making all things new. With thanksgiving, we celebrate your care and the gift of newness in our lives for recovery from illness or injury, for calm after a time of unrest or turmoil, for a sense of direction after uncertainty, for new life, for new opportunities. We thank you, O God. You are making all things new. We pray for people who wait in difficult places, for those who are suffering and those at life's end, for people struggling with employment and financial worries, for those estranged from loved ones, for those trapped in the grip of addiction, for people enduring emotional or spiritual turmoil. Because you are able to make a way in every wilderness, we thank you, O God. You are making all things new. We pray for the needs of the world. May peace invade places of war and justice crowd out oppression and cruelty. Protect soldiers and citizens alike from harm's way and make all conflict cease. Bless leaders of communities, states, and nations that they may speak the truth and work with others for the common good. Pour out healing on the earth itself, depleted and injured by our careless consumption and intentional greed. Comfort those devastated by natural disasters. Strengthen those supplying shelter, food, and aid. Amid the chaos of this world, your spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. We thank you, O God. You are making all things new. We pray for the church, the body of Christ in the world, that we may proclaim your word boldly. Lead us by the power of your spirit to witness to your truth. For we remember and proclaim that death does not have the last word in our lives, in the church, or in the world. We thank you, O God. You are making all things new. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ, crucified and risen. Amen. Please join me aloud in our prayer for illumination. Break open the scripture through the power of your spirit, O God. Let your word, read and proclaimed, pour out until its fragrance fills this house and our lives. Then anointed with your word, send us out to share the good news we have received. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ, who is with us always. Amen. We will now hear from our choir.
The first scripture reading today is Philippians 3, verses 4b through 14, page 874 in your Bibles. If anyone else has reason to be confident in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, a member of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Yet whatever gains I had, these I have come to regard as loss because of Christ. More than that, I regard everything as loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, and I regard them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but one that comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith, I want to know Christ and the powers of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death, if somehow I attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or have already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, But this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly, for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus, a word of God that is still speaking. And you say, Thanks be to God. The next hymn is I Need Thee Every Hour found on page 397 in your hymnals.
seated. Our second scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. There they gave a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at the table with him. Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, the one who was about to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He kept the common purse and used to steal what was put into it. Jesus said, leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. A word of God that is still speaking, and you say, thanks be to God. Please join me once again in an attitude of prayer. God of everlasting life and love, we come before you broken and with our walls up. We struggle to trust in others and in you. We dare not let ourselves be vulnerable or let anyone inside in case they see what and who we really are. Help us, God, to ease up, to let the walls down, to let Jesus inside and to trust you. Help us to work to trust each other to be worthy of that trust, and to always live our lives with the love for you and for each other and for ourselves. Now may the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts together in this place be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Good morning again to everyone. We are now in the fifth week of Lent, which means next Sunday, as I mentioned to our Our children and our youth is Palm Sunday, and then following Sunday will be Easter Sunday, with Holy Week falling right in between. This also means that we are in our sixth session of our worship and sermon series titled Good Enough. We started on Ash Wednesday talking about how for humanity, perfection is impossible, but transformation is not impossible. We also acknowledge that despite the unrealistic and unreachable expectations that society has for our lives, that doesn't mean in any way that our lives are somehow less than. Then the first Sunday of Lent, we talked about how ordinary lives can be holy. The second Sunday in Lent, we focused on how so much of our lives and our world is out of our control and the need for us to understand the divine presence in, in a new way, like a dance partner who continues with us as the dance goes on. The third Sunday in Lent, we talked about how a lot of things can can be like medicine and healing, and not just for plants, but for people too, and that we need nurturing and we need patience to be able to thrive and flourish. Last week, the fourth Sunday in Lent, we talked about how we often believe that, that we are always the problem, and then acknowledge that We need to cut ourselves some slack. This morning, we're going to talk about the reality that we are, whether 
we are willing to admit it or not, but the truth is that we are fragile. And I'm not trying to say that we are fragile in a mean or negative or cruel way, not at all. But the truth is we are fragile. Life is fragile. It is much easier to die than to live. And while I can give you countless reasons for my own faith in God, the fact that the human race has existed as long as it has, which in reality really isn't that long when you look at the grand scheme of how long creation has existed, but that alone to me is proof that God exists and God loves us. Let's face it, we are, we're really not that smart on our own. I don't believe we would have made it this long and have the things in life that we have and be able to do the things that we can do without some help along the way. I do want to go back for a moment for part of our reading from John's Gospel that we just heard. The section that starts, Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard, anointed Jesus' feet and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. And Jesus said, leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. Now, unfortunately, I have heard people try to use this part of Scripture, specifically that last little bit, to justify the continued oppression of people. And they make the argument that Jesus was saying that there's always going to be poor people, so you don't really need to bother to help them. They're there no matter what. And I can tell you that is not what he was saying in any way. I would argue that this statement is maybe more of a commentary on the reality that Jesus knew that there was always going to be poor people because as humans... We're always going to find ways to take advantage of each other and have people in the world who would hoard money and resources instead of working to help their fellow humans in creation. But that's not the debate I want to get into this morning. I want us to instead look at what Jesus said from another viewpoint or perspective. When Jesus says, but you do not always have me, He's speaking those words that no one wanted to admit. The very reality that he was not always going to be around. Oh, don't say that. How many of us have heard or said those words to a loved one who chooses to speak the truth about the fragility of life? Someone fighting an incurable disease someone whose body has begun to shut down. I think at least part of it is that we get uncomfortable talking about death because it reveals the precious nature of the present moment and it lays bare the beauty and the horror of it all. The indescribable pain that we know we will one day face, it invades our senses like a pervasive perfume, seemingly inescapable, inescapable, sorry. And I wonder, though, what, what would happen 
how would we feel? How might we see or experience things differently if we stop denying this, this limited nature of our lives and instead we breathed in deeply the, vo- the fragrance of vulnerability? Vulnerability? Wait, 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 wait. You want us to be vulnerable? You want us to be exposed? You want us to be open? Isn't that how people get get attacked and harmed, whether physically or emotionally or mentally? Are you out of your mind, Pastor? Well, that too is a debate for another day. But you know, the sense of fragility of life is never more present than when death is called to our minds. I have spent a fair amount of time around death in my life, and and not just because I'm a pastor. I was present when my three grandparents who died when they passed away. And it wasn't like all at once. These were three separate occasions in my lifetime. But also, yes, as a pastor, I have been in the room when, when several people were maybe at death's door. And it creates a mixed bag of emotions for me for a lot of different reasons. Whether it was someone from my own life and family or someone that I had not met really before, I always have found myself kind of bouncing around between feeling sad because that person will no longer, will no longer be here. They will no longer have that impact on the people around them on a regular basis. But then also feeling happy or kind of relieved that that person is no longer suffering and has gone on or will be going on to a much better place. This pandemic, this mind-numbing time frame that seems to have been going on for what feels like decades, it has brought about a commonality amongst people as almost everyone knows someone whose life was cut short either by the virus or complications surrounding or influenced by the virus. Almost no one has gotten through these last two years unscathed. And a lot of us, I think, have found ourselves saying things like, you know, I've really been rethinking what is important. I've been rethinking how I spend my time. I've, I've been rethinking what I want to spend my precious time and energy on. When you are forced to face the realities of death, it often causes us to to pause and question if we're really doing the things that we want to do with our lives, if we're spending that precious unknown amount of time in a way that we'll be happy with, that we'll be able to look back on and feel good about. And maybe that's why it feels like a poignant moment to acknowledge that we are fragile and extend mercy for falling short. Maybe that's why it feels like a poignant moment to pivot and spend more time going deep 
rather than going wide with overextending ourselves until we forget to savor life. I find it's much more meaningful, in a way, that this scene from our scripture reading where Jesus reminds his disciples of the precious time that we have with one another, it takes place in the house of Lazarus. Lazarus, who returned to life. And that miracle of his resurrection, it must have still felt dramatically fresh to many that were present in that moment with him. And now death is again in the air as Jesus reminds his disciples and followers that he too will die. But he doesn't do it in a way that is wallowing or meant to be depressive. No, it's, it's shared in the context of the promise of new life. Prior to Jesus doing this, I, I don't think death was probably presented in this kind of way, or at least in the recent time for the people he was with. Physical death could mean death in other ways, including the death of a friendship or a relationship. Death of the primary financial provider could mean death of a family, quite literally, if something else was not figured out. Death had such a finality and a darkness to it. As we've moved through this season of Lent and, and through this series so far, I find myself wondering if we can somehow dare vulnerability in our worshiping communities, sharing what, what really matters with one another in the very house where resurrection is what we proclaim. This building, the one we call God's house, we come here for worship and, and other things. But thinking primarily right now about worship, we proclaim the resurrection of Jesus Christ within these walls. We claim a faith in that. That makes us a resurrection people. We claim a belief in the new life through Jesus Christ. That means that we must also claim new life that comes from death. I know this might be a little bit heavy for you guys right now. A lot of us have lost more than just one person over these last two years whether because of the virus or from other reasons. I can remember a 12-month period that Sarah and I shared with our wedding right smack in the middle of it. During those 12 months, we lost 14 people, family and friends, to death. That included my paternal grandmother just a short time before our wedding, and my maternal grandfather just a few days after it. And I know that some of you have had your own runs of death in your life, some 
much longer and much more filled than my own. And it's hard. You get to this point where every time your phone rings, you don't want to answer it. You don't want to even look at it. You don't want to know who else has left this world. And that's, that's the thing here. Life, life is fragile. Life is precious. And partly because we never know how much time we or anyone else really has. I remember when I was younger hearing an adult, probably a teacher, sometime around the time I was in junior high, saying something about how teenagers think that they are invincible, whether subconsciously or consciously. And at the time, I didn't really understand it. I, I never thought that I wouldn't die, but I also never really thought about death all at all, to be honest. And then my freshman year of high school, I lost my paternal grandfather, the first major loss to death of a loved one in my life up to that point. And then I began to understand because it was then that I first remember really thinking about death and what it meant, what it was, what it did. As a pastor, I have done more funerals than I can count. My first six months in ministry, I had at least seven, including the matriarch of one of the churches I was serving, woman was 93 and had been baptized at that church. And I keep finding instances where people will share with me or I will even overhear someone trying to tell the person who's mourning that they're not doing it right. You're being too sad. You need to move on. Or, on the other end of the spectrum, you don't seem sad enough. And it drives me insane. Because the truth is, we all mourn in our own time and in our own ways. There's no right way to do it. And if anyone tries to tell you different, give them my card and send them my way. Because, you know... It, Sometimes it just feels like there's, there's nothing that we can say when someone that we love dies or when someone dies who is loved by someone that we love. And that is okay, even though we don't like it and we struggle with it, it's okay. Yes, we can, we can always say how that person is no longer suffering. They've gone on to a better place, which is true. but it may not always be helpful in that moment to the person who is suffering. But maybe, maybe it could be helpful if we could all work to be more vulnerable in our worshiping and faith communities. Maybe it could be more helpful if we could really share the things that matter to us with each other. 
We are a resurrection people. We claim a belief that Jesus died, defeated death, and rose again, offering us salvation and love and grace. Maybe we can realize that we are not weak when we are vulnerable. Yes, we may be fragile, but we are good enough and we are loved. Amen. If you would please turn to pages 15 and 16 in your hymnals as we prepare to celebrate Holy Communion. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. In love you made us for yourself, and when we had fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death, your love remained steadfast. You bid your faithful people cleanse their hearts and prepare with joy for the Easter feast that renewed by your word and sacraments and fervent in prayer and works of justice and mercy, we may come to the fullness of grace that you have prepared for those who you love. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ, whom you sent in the fullness of time to redeem the world. He emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in our likeness. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. He took upon himself our sin and death and offered himself a perfect sacrifice for the sin of the whole world. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and juice. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, 
one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now, with the confidence of children of God, let us pray the prayer Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. As we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. The bread which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ. The cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ. In the United Methodist Church, we practice open communion. What that means is that in pre-pandemic times, and hopefully again soon, everything I just did, I would be doing over there at that table. And that table doesn't belong to me, to this church, to our denomination. It belongs to Jesus and Jesus Christ alone. And Jesus has welcomed everyone You don't need to be a member of this church or a United Methodist or a member of any other denomination. It doesn't matter your race, your gender, your mental or physical ability. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, young or old, baptized or unbaptized. All those ways we try to divide ourselves, those boxes we try and cram each other into, that's not what he sees. Jesus looks out and sees Beloved children of God, all equal and worthy of life and love and grace. All he asks to partake in this holy sacrament is to have an open heart. Now this morning, you can choose to receive your elements in one of two ways. The first is called intinction, which is just a big word that means you take the bread, dip it in the juice, and then receive the elements together. You can also just eat the bread and then drink the juice. Neither one is more special, more appropriate, or anything like that. They are all seen as equal in the eyes of God. Brothers and sisters, I ask that you you take your elements now. The body of Christ given for you and the blood of Christ shed for you and all creation. Please receive your elements. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If you would please rise as you are able for our closing hymn number 314, In the Garden, I Come to the Garden Alone. (laughs) 
Blessed are you, dear, dear one, doing this holy work of suffering what must be suffered, of grieving what has been lost, of knowing the unthinkable truth that must be known. This grief can make you feel on the other side of glass from the world around you, a force field of different realities separating you. Yet blessed are you in yours, for yours is the one most seen by God, who breathes compassion upon you even now, who has walked this path and who leans toward you, gathering you up in the arms of love. Rest now, dear one, you are not alone. And now may the God who loves all of creation, especially the grief-stricken parts, and Jesus, our companion along this crooked path called life, and the Holy Spirit who loves to improvise in surprising ways, go with you, dwell among you, and give you joy. Amen. Roger. Roger. 